Hello, and welcome to the Money Itch Podcast. This is Kendall Jones. I am the founder and coach of Jones Coaching Group. At Jones Coaching Group, I work with individuals and groups on their overall understanding of their personal finances. But when I work with individuals, I like to work with people one-on-one mostly. When I work with individuals, I help them to develop strategic plans that'll help them to get out of debt, build savings, improve credit and more. But mostly what I'm trying to do is get you to a point of financial empowerment. But on the Money Inch podcast, I really focus on those emotional and mental shifts you can make around your personal finances. When you make those shifts, it makes it much easier for you to stick to a plan. Additionally, I like to bring you great stories of people that I've worked with who've had great progress because I believe through those stories, you start to see that it's possible. A lot of times, personal finances It's just a very lonely topic. We don't talk about it very often. We don't talk about our struggles. So we don't hear from individuals who may have struggled and who have been able to overcome those struggles. And I think it's through those stories that you'll actually see yourself and see that you can have a different future self if you start to make some progress. Today's session or today's podcast is with Nicole. Nicole's been working with me for a few months and she's made great progress around how she relates to her money. She talks about letting go of the illusion of power when it comes to finances and actually moving forward through that to actually make financial progress. Since working with me in just a couple months, she's improved her credit score. She's paid off all of her credit cards and she's decreased her monthly um, bills by a significant amount. And I'll save that for her to talk about in the session. So here we go. And I want to thank Nicole again for spending time with us. Oh, one last thing. When we listen to this podcast, you'll hear a break in the podcast. Unfortunately, Nicole got um, interrupted during her interview. She took time off of her busy daily schedule where she actually runs an insurance office. She's an entrepreneur to work with us and someone came along and needed some assistance. So just bear with us for about 20 seconds or so within the podcast while she talks to her colleague and gets right back to us. But I am so happy to bring this session to you today and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, thank you, Nicole. Thanks for being with me today and allowing me to ask you some questions about your financial journey. I really appreciate it. It's my joy, um, especially given that it's gotten better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love to do these interviews with my past clients or my current clients, and you're a current client of mine, because I think Mm -hmm. that people hearing that it's possible is really important. And I think your story is a really good story because you are a wife and you are a mother of a very cute baby doll looking (laughs) little girl. She's so adorable. And you are a new business owner, um, but you're a very active business owner. So you're very entrenched in your business. And I thought that your story would be really good for the countless busy women out there who feel like they're torn in between putting their time towards work or putting their time towards their finances. And I think you've done a good job of finding the balance between the two. So I think finding the balance required some 
investing in ways to find the balance and definitely that was in finding you, right? So I think <laughs> the way we kind of happened upon each other again is just, uh, what do they call it, kismet? It was meant to be because mm -hmm. it happened right after a mommy's group meeting, right? So I'm trying to do things for the family and it just so happens that fate or God or both were like, oh yeah, while you're doing things for the family, boom, here you go, another gift. <laughs> Yeah, it was very interesting the way that we met. We met in our office building, but it, like you said, it was like a re-meeting, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we came back together because Nicole recognized this, but I didn't, but we went to school together. We went to elementary school together. The fact <laughs> that you remember that is crazy to me. I mean, it was just, you know, a few years ago, just a few, just a few, <laughs> just a few, we were like few decades ago. And seven but that's okay <laughs> the fact that you remember something that happened 30 years ago is wild to me i mean that's just a special gift you have in, your, in yourself but we came back together and we were able to help each other um the business that you do you you know you're in insurance and you have your own location and i think that that is very, very important work, of course, from the financial standpoint. So we've kind of came together and helped each other out in a lot of ways. So, but I would love for the people to hear where you were, where you are now. So what led you to make the decision to adjust your financial approach? I realized that I was putting more emphasis on the business because it was something I, I didn't really know and I wanted to have fail safes for. And I wasn't really monitoring my own personal finances the way I had to save money for the business. And I had only done it, I had only monitored my approach so that I could get to this point, but I didn't factor in what it would take to juggle personal finances. Uh, merging my personal finances with my husband, mm -hmm. what it is to have personal finances for a new child, mm -hmm. and then also your finances um, as a business owner as well. So it was a lot to juggle. And I figured if I could just have the same kind of um, budgeting of my time that I had had prior to having the business for the business, and I was able to separate that for the business and for my personal finances, that I would be in the place I really need to be for my family, just the way I'm in the place that I need to be for my clients. That's really interesting. So when you say budgeting your time, what does that look like? What do you mean by that? Because I don't think most people have that concept. You have it because of being in business and you worked as you were growing your nest egg to start the business. I have it because I work full time and then I started the business. But what does that mean? If you were to explain that to someone else, and if you were to use the idea of budgeting your time for your personal finances as an example, what would that look like? And how did you do that? Yeah, well, recognizing that not only what you pay for and how much you pay for something, but when you pay for something is key and how much it's going to cost you and how it affects your credit, how it looks to other uh, companies when you're interacting with them financially, knowing through insurance that everything's built on relationship 
you might do what you're supposed to do, but if it takes a long time for you to do it, just like any other relationship, even personal relationships, you know, if you've been with someone and, you know, you expected them to propose three months ago and in three months, oh, right, like just that same way companies look at that and they're more sticklers than we are personally. So I recognize that um, how I look to companies when I'm paying my bills is very key, right? And it's going to affect me as a business person anyway, especially in my first couple of years. So yeah. that I have to do it in a timely fashion. The other thing that I didn't want to think about, but I had to finally face through working with you, is that there's an emotional tie to making these payments. And mm -hmm. it's not just transactional. If it were transactional, we have the, the wherewithal to do this. Okay, it's due on the 15th of every month. I'll just have it automated on my account. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then it comes out every 15th. But mm -hmm. when there is an attachment to your money because it's hard earned, and then when there is uh, uh, resistance to a bill because you feel like I shouldn't have earned it, then that takes time. And working yeah. it out takes time. Negotiating mm -hmm. it takes time. And mm -hmm. all of that, your time is money. And mm -hmm. it's liberal because if you don't take care of it in a certain time frame, those bills can actually increase and mm -hmm. cost you more money. Right. So I right. had to budget my time to say, this is going to be worth my feelings. This is going to be worth my brain power. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm also going to have to be able to do something after this call so I can de-stress and decompress before I go back to my family or before I go back to work. Mm -hmm. It's something I didn't want to have to face, but it's real. Right. I think, I mean, there's a lot of great things you said in there, but one thing is very key, working with people one-on-one -on -one regularly several times a week. Um, when you don't really handle the emotional aspect of money and how you're relating to money, it's going to take longer for you to overcome or to fix whatever the situation is. It'll also be the catalyst that launches you forward into extreme financial progress. And people don't think about that. They just think, oh, you just put the money here and you put the money there. But it's not about that. It's about your relationship to putting the money here and putting the money there. If you work on the relationship, then it becomes more consistent. The habits become more consistent. If you don't work on the relationship, then a hiccup can completely knock you off and you don't get back on. Right. right. So since you brought up a little bit about adjusting your emotional relationship to money, do you want to speak a little bit more about that? How did your relationship change to your finances during this time together? And we've been working together since March, I believe, at this point. So how has your relationship changed in that time? I stopped working out of the framework of the illusion of power and started just working on my actual power. And what I mean by that is when I look at a bill and I don't think that I should have to pay it, Student mm -hmm. loans is huge for that, right? I did everything I was supposed to do. I got my good grades. I got out when I was supposed to. Um, and I think the school got more for me being in there than, you know, I got <laughs> out of it. Whatever my feeling is, it doesn't change the bottom line. And a lot of times it really doesn't matter because this is a company. And the company that has my loan for student loans is not the place where I got my education. So they don't care about your feelings. 
they're completely separated from that, right? And accepting that reality and accepting the reality that I don't determine, um, the only thing I could determine was how much I signed up for in accepting the loan itself. After that time, how it's processed, how much um, of interest that is on there means absolutely nothing unless I know how to negotiate, which is my power. But people don't want to negotiate with you. Companies don't want to negotiate with you unless you have something to leverage. And the only time that you're powerful with companies is if you're paying them. Because if you're not paying anyway, it's all an illusion anyway. They don't care and they're going to pile on more interest and it's going to be even more stressful. At some point, you're going to have to speak to them and you'll have to negotiate. And the way your chips are based on how much you actually pay. So if you pay and you're consistent with whatever the basis is that you're supposed to be paying, then you can talk about negotiating. If you don't, they don't really have to negotiate with you. They just have to make you aware. And accepting that reality Mm -hmm. was the hardest part because you feel like if I don't pay you or if I wait and I don't pay you right now, at least I have my money a little longer. But what you realize is while you have your money a little longer, your bill is going up. So they're getting more of your money in reality. And so if I answer this in a timely fashion, then interest is being taken off of the money that I would owe. Once you've signed that loan and you said you wanted to take the money out, then it's up to the company. And the only way that you have any leverage with that company is if you start paying back. And I think you were helpful in me accepting that reality instead of trying to work from my own um, resistant framework of I'm going to hold on to this money that I work so hard for as long as I can, (laughs) you know, especially if you don't have any other designs for it. So the money is sitting with you. Are you making any interest? Is it capitalizing? No. Mm -hmm. So you're getting less than 1% from any given savings account that there is out there. Mm -hmm. And the interest that they stack on is usually a little bit more than 1% can get pretty high there. So the question is, bottom line, what works best for you? And that's the perspective that I needed. And I didn't need to hear it from the institution. I didn't need to hear it from the billing company. Even if people were trying to help me through there, I didn't think they had the stance to help me. I didn't trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they were trying to help me, there's certain things they're bound from saying because of their position. It's really better to have someone who knows this information that can advise you, mm-hmm. um, that you would trust. And I knew I could trust you for several reasons, not just because I knew you beforehand, you know, 30 years ago. 30 years ago. <laughs> 30 but, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but because you had dealt with this frustration yourself and mm-hmm. you understood my perspective and you understood that as infuriated by the whole concept of student loans as I am, um, especially because they are so high. They're like as high as a house for you to get your education. Um, And the fact that I learned how to do invisible numbers and how to data fossil um, in high school because I was that great at numbers, but no one ever told me how to apply that concept to loans before I was already in debt. And, um, and it was never put to me in a way that it's an ultimatum, either you pay or you can't get your education. 
it's really infuriating, just mm -hmm. very infuriating. And because you understood that, I was like, okay, I'd listen to you before I listen to anyone else. And I had to be honest with myself about that. Like, I'm not going to pay another professional who I won't like, respect, or enjoy. And there's self-care that goes with it. So when I talk to you, I feel better about the reality. Good. I don't want just the knowledge. I think that's what I want, but that's not true. What's really true is I want to be able to talk to somebody and be honest about the fact that this is how I feel and not be judged. Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then I want the perspective of, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? Or do you want me to tell you what you need to know to move forward? Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you were willing to do the latter. Well, I mean, you said a lot of things just now. One of the statements you said that I love the best was the illusion of power. Mm -hmm. I think that when I work with people and there's a lot of frustration and anger, which is majority of the people, right? You know, mm -hmm. you're buried in debt. You're really pissed about it. You could be mad at anything, at anyone from your parents, not you feeling like you're not getting the proper education from your parents, but they can't teach you what they don't know, right? Mm -hmm. All the way to education is a given. We're supposed to go get a degree. We, like, we did all the right things. And I remember feeling like that so much like I did all the right things I wasn't behind in my debt or anything but all it took is one sickness to throw all the work off that I did and to prove to me that living buried in debt is really not the answer so I had a lot of anger I had anger towards my jobs I had anger towards uh, student loans I had anger towards the school because the school would send you straight to the student loan like you go register and they send you downstairs literally I remember walking downstairs and like okay now go downstairs and get your loans to the student loan office mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people have that with a lot of the debt they have with credit cards they have it you know they've used credit cards to leverage spending for years and years and years nobody taught them any different or they got credit card debt because of a spouse that's no longer in their lives or a partner mm -hmm. so there's a lot of emotions that are tied into finances and i think that when you relinquish that illusion right of power that you're talking about and you realize that okay this is the system you know you could be angry about it all you want but this is the system that you're in and this is the circumstance that you're in that actually allows you to take power back in a way that you didn't have before right you didn't give up your financial power you can actually take it back and i've seen you do that over the months that we've been together I've seen where the phone calls, where we're on the calls together, have been a little hard for, for you to the point where now you could just make the calls like no problem. So you actually allowed yourself to go through the learning curve and the discomfort to be able to come out on the other side more financially empowered. So I just wanted to let you know what I've seen in you during this time, so because it's been good, great change. But what did you try before you started working with me? Um, you do have a lot in student loan debt. You had credit card debt and things of that sort. But did you try anything in particular to undo what had happened before you started working with me? I had. Uh, so a few things, especially saving for the business and wanting to get your credit right for that. I had put, um, I paid the minimums on everything. I tried to be on time as much as possible. And then I would save my money and I would try to put it in different places that I thought it could make some money. 
um, not paying attention necessarily to any interest that were being accrued. One other thing I did was consolidate um, my loans because I thought maybe if there were too many moving parts, I couldn't keep up with them. So, and if they could lock in at one interest rate, that at least mm -hmm. it would bring down the different higher rates. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that. Um, and then I tried to get an understanding between my um, federal student loans and then my personal loans. Mm -hmm. And I tried to kind of manage those separately and then put in the paperwork when it was supposed to be done. Um, I even tried to see if there was any way to contest them and have them like removed or decreased or if there's a lawsuit. Um, of course, it's not moving fast enough to keep your credit right. And if I need to get a, my credit right, then I also have to get a business, then I can't afford to be on those lawsuits where it doesn't matter what your credit is for years. And then finally, you know, it may or may not go through because I don't have that. And then I have to buy a house and I have to, you know, I need to make sure I can get a car and live the rest of my life. So having something like that linger for three years and then take seven years to get off your credit. I don't have time for all that. <laughs> like, I don't have any years. These are formative years. This is where my family's being built. Um, and then there was also the stress of it. And I don't like having to think about it and feel like I've done something wrong. So I'm not that kind of person. Um, some people can handle that and be like, oh, well, I'm not that person. And if you're honest with the type of person that you are, then you'll be honest about, then it's better to be honest about what it is that you should be doing because quality of life what's funny is in insurance, quality of life is what I teach. And I had to really ask myself the hard question, am I giving back to my own quality of life mm -hmm. by doing it this way? And I was not. And I was like, but is it going to be more stressful for me to find another way to fix it? And I didn't have an answer for that until I saw you. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, wait, so I could talk to you <laughs> on, a, like, <laughs> on a monthly basis and get this taken care of and catch up? Okay, that I can do. And I was still nervous. It had been 30 years. Um, I didn't, you did a great job of making sure that I knew I wasn't being judged to start off with. Because it, as a business owner and as a mom, you're put in this position where you're supposed to already know about finances. You got all that education, you got yeah. all these degrees. So if you don't already know, then what do you know? And why should I take your advice? And I know certain things, but when it gets to a point where you have all these moving parts within finance, and when you throw in the emotional part, and there have been other people that have had businesses where they talk about finances, but what they don't do is talk about the emotional part. They don't make any reference to the emotional part. So they're like, I don't mind helping you get your um, debt down, and I don't mind helping you through this program that I do, improving your credit. All of that is fine. I don't want to go to a therapist over finances. Um, I also don't want to have somebody show me tricks that I can look up. I want a combination where it's acknowledged that you have the right to feel like you shouldn't have to pay this back. But the reality is, when you do, you will have the ability to meet these goals. And the way you started off specifically was, what are your goals? Not what are your problems? What did you do wrong? Mm -hmm. What are the issues that you have to contend with? How are you a business owner, but you have this issue? None of that. 
the thing that you asked me are what are your goals? And once you start off from what works best for me and you give up the illusion of power, then I had concrete ways of addressing it emotionally, for self-care, psychologically, so that I was being logical, <laughs> not <laughs> illogical, right? And then I came up with concrete answers and strategies. And it's a unique um, perspective to have, and it's a unique service to provide because there's no judgment in it, and that's key, but there's also um, no other perspective or no other game other than you making sure that we start off from what are your goals and meeting those goals. And so, once you said that, I was like, okay, I know I can talk to you about this. One, because you've been through it before. You gave me your personal story. And your focus is not on anything more than my goals first. And we'll work backward to see how to get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I never had that offered before. Yeah, I mean, the goal is really the driving force. And the mm -hmm. goal has to be very deeply emotionally rooted. That's mm -hmm. the thing. So if you're just saying, I want to get out of debt just because I want to get out of debt or I want to buy a house, that's not the same thing as saying, I want to get out of debt and I want to buy a house so that I can leave an inheritance to my children and they won't have to financially suffer and then I won't have to financially suffer and I could put enough money away so that they don't have to go through what I went through and I can make sure they have money put away for college where I actually had to pay for college through getting debt. I don't want them to ever have to. That is a completely different thing than I want to buy a house. I want to get out of debt, right? And so it's so important that those goals are emotionally rooted. And sometimes I have to work with people a little bit to get the, to that point. I think that you kind of knew, like you were fed up to a certain point and you were ready to move on and you just, you needed, like you said, someone you can tr trust as someone strategic and I don't judge because I was there and judgment doesn't help. Like, you know, if I listen to some people, some gurus online, I felt like there was a lot of judgment there. There was, there was not a lot of understanding. Like I have been where you are and I know that it is normal to be upset. It's normal to cry. It's normal to be angry. You know, it's normal, normal to want to ignore or be very anxious or whatever. All of those things are normal but nobody yeah. is normalizing them, all of those things. And, and so it's okay to have the emotions as long as we have a plan to get you towards the goal. And it's not such a vague goal. And yours is, is definitely not vague. Your business drives you in a way that, you know, makes you want to make better financial decisions. Yeah. So as far as starting the process, what was the most confusing part about finances where you are? And was it hard making changes? What were the hard changes that you had to make when we got started? Well, what's interesting is when we got started was at the, the, the beginning of a pandemic. Uh. <laughs> it was literally the beginning of a pandemic. So what's interesting too is getting over that um, feeling that if you pay something too early, you might not have the money for something later. Um, and thinking that saving you money somehow, because that 
is used against you a lot of times when it comes to paying any bills. And so that means somebody's making full interest off that time where you're worrying. Mm -hmm. And I had to look at it from the perspective of just culturally speaking, I deserve better given my history. And I have had a history of worry and terror and all kinds of other things just being African-American from America, right? Mm -hmm. In all its iterations. And in my mind, I realized after talking to you that it is that kind of fear and worry that's capitalized on. Once you realize that this is a capitalist society and the interest is made off your worry Mm -hmm. of not having enough money in hand uh, in case there is an emergency and it's during a pandemic and I'm like, okay, what happened last week or in the last two weeks where I didn't pay a chunk of the money that I have away towards the principal of this loan so it doesn't accrue interest? Did the whole earth shatter? No. Do I really have more leeway than I thought? Yes. Did I capitalize on it? or did someone else? And once I got that, because I believe in putting your money in vehicles where, in different places where you can capitalize on it, but so do the bill collectors. Mm -hmm. And they capitalize off your fear of not having that money available if you need it for something. Mm -hmm. And so as long as I have one fail safe, and as a married person, as long as we're comfortable with our fail safe, I don't need several. What I need to do is start paying off the loans <laughs> so that I can chisel away at the capital that's being made off of me. Right. And that I think was the biggest inroad of the inroads that we made. One that I was nervous about having to talk to uh, bill collectors in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. But then also because I was able to um, just shift my mind to say, I'm making money by paying this off faster. Um, and I'm keeping any other institution from making more money off of me mm -hmm. by paying this off faster. Mm -hmm. And it being real power. That's taking your power back. <laughs> it yes. sounds, sometimes it, it sounds and it feels contradictory. But yes. it really is taking your power back. Like yes. getting out of debt is taking your power back. And staying out of debt is taking yes. your power back. So it's been over, I paid off my debt. I started in 2015. I paid it off three years after that. And I mm. have not accrued any more debt. Like I feel more powerful than I've ever felt financially. Mm ever yeah. you know but it took all of those steps in between what you're saying all those mental shifts chipping away taking your power back if i pay down this principle they don't get to make more interest off of me right mm -hmm. and just having that deeply ingrained in the way that you operate in your process so the hardest thing for you was making those calls to those collectors right oh i hated it <laughs> <laughs> i hated it um and there would be it. people that were very kind, even mm -hmm. like it wasn't like they were being mean necessarily, or they were even being, you know, um, and some of them are, are more kind than others, but, um, and some of them are just by the book, this is what you need to do. This is what we expect, that kind of thing. But I, um, 
I really, it was nerve wracking to have to call and talk to them about it. And you can't be mean to the, I mean, you could, I guess, but it's not within my spirit to be mean to people that are representing whatever company that's representing just the dollar amount that you signed for. So I'm angry with it. I'm angry with myself for not knowing better. Mm-hmm. Um, there is like resentment, like my parents didn't know, but the reason why they didn't know is because my dad didn't have the leverage because he had to work enough to be able to go to school. He never had like, they didn't offer him credit. You know what I mean? Right. And then with my mom, her parents paid for it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm talking to people that never had debt. <laughs> like, How can they help? They don't have any concept. Right. I was like, you don't know what it is not to be able to buy a house at this amount, even though I came out with a degree that got me at least this income because mm-hmm. you never had this problem before and right. you couldn't advise me through it. And so, yes. So that was the hardest part. What was surprisingly easy about the changes that you made? After the call. It was like, really? Um, it was easier, one, because you were on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did it that with silent you. partner yeah. that would chime in. I was like, so I felt like I had, you know, this is old as it'll be terrible, but if I got my name, they know I'm straight tripping. So I, I felt like, you know, <laughs> I had backup, mm-hmm. you know, and I had knowledgeable backup to say, these are the questions that I'm asking you because I need to know what the next steps are and what to expect. Mm-hmm. And so institutions, um, billing institutions are used to you saying, um, what do I owe and can you help me? As opposed to, this is my expectation after I pay this, what should I expect? They mm-hmm. don't expect for you to have expectations. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoyed having that, um, that leverage. I enjoyed having that um, that perspective at the table. So even though it hadn't changed, it's not like they were getting a loan from me. Mm-hmm. They had to uh, be aware that I was paying attention to what their actions were. And I will be looking for the numbers next month to see if that's what they stood by. So mm-hmm. if there's interest that went up um, after that month and we had made the payment, I would want to know where that came from because it was supposed to stop. And I had someone to double check the numbers with to say, oh, okay, this is going according to plan or where did this come from and why hasn't it been offered? Even relief at that time, why hasn't it been offered? Is it on the Mm -hmm. website? Did they send you an email? Did Mm -hmm. anyone reach out to you about it? When you called, what did they say? Mm -hmm. Um, Having someone that was there to say, okay, um, I just need to understand how this is going to work so that I'm um, clear on what next steps I need to take was great. That was great. That's where I really felt that power shift. And that's where I really, uh, and the the power shift is not one like I'm greedy for power. It's one of relief because it's power over your own finances and your own situation, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing else has power over you. Mm -hmm. The whole point of getting a degree is so that you have more leverage to determine what your career is going to be in. Absolutely. It's a power change. I was right. willing to pay for power change. And here I sit still not being empowered. It's frustrating. So now um, we were able to make that shift. And when we made that shift, I could actually look, just like I was looking at my own personal finances, I could say, oh, this is what I should see in my bank account after I pay this credit card. Like I'm more comfortable. I can see that with the credit card. 
but even the credit cards have interest mm -hmm. and you really don't think about it as much. And when you pay them makes a difference, how often you pay them makes a difference, what amount you pay makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And having that amount on there, instead of just having that money in my account, was making them interest once again. And yep. I'm like, why am I doing that? <laughs> why am I doing right. it? Because it's again, an illusion. You feel like you've paid your bill because they've taken it off your credit card. But even after the credit card, you still have to pay the credit card. Otherwise, there's mm -hmm. interest being mm -hmm. accrued. And I tell you, you have to have some measure of credit. Otherwise, if you don't have credit, then your credit isn't good. So you're told, oh, you need to have something to show credit. But I'm like, past that point. Yeah. So the question yeah. is, what is it that I really need to do from here that's best for me? Mm -hmm. Which is why I continue to work with you because you know, I can have the other stuff down pat, but then as we're moving to say what debt we should take on first, I was actually surprised that she said the credit cards. I was like, really? That makes that much of a difference? And then I was like, well, what's the interest on there again? I'm like, you know, that is larger than the student loan. And it is something that I could really pay off. And I didn't do it all at one time, just in case there was an emergency. But I was able to do it in a way that I could get it done in a shorter amount of time and not accrue that interest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So since you started talking about your credit cards, uh -huh. what is your biggest accomplishments this year working on your finances? I know what they are, but yeah. what would you say they are? Okay. Well, for one thing, I would say paying off my credit cards is definitely one of them and just keeping them off. Like I I was actually surprised because I would call and I'd be like, how much do I have today? <laughs> and I was like, maybe it's wrong. <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, oh, it is really zero. Because, you know, it's always like zero, but there's some other fee here. Always zero and mm -hmm. there's some other transaction and it didn't post yet. So when we were looking at it and the timing was great, like I had paid off my credit cards and paid them down to a certain extent, not using most of it and that kind of thing. But I had never actually paid them off and gotten rewarded with actually hearing, oh, yeah, by the way, it's zero. What? It's zero? <laughs> Nothing zero? <laughs> like that was awesome. You don't know anything at this time, Ms. Edwards. Alrighty then, have a great day. Oh, thank you so much. I want you to have a wonderful day yourself there, buddy. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> you feel better. I'm like, wow. Oh. I didn't know there would be an emotional tie or reward to actually having that paid off. Mm -hmm. um, but it actually is there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then beyond the credit cards for the student loans, I think being able to, because once you try to either ignore it or put it off and all that kind of stuff, it builds up. So once we were able to actually see what each one was and um, pay it in a certain timely fashion, see if there is any other um, ways that we could get the money down from it, not accrue more interest, any of those things and ask those specific questions. The fact that we were able to do that and have a monthly amount that comes out that's less than what I was paying on my own by hundreds of dollars, hundreds. by thousands of dollars after like the last few months, what is this, August? Yep. Yeah. It, it hasn't even been six months yet. Thousands of dollars off my student loans just by timing it correctly and negotiating. I think that made me 
so thrilled. Um, because part of the reason why I do this is because I'm married to someone that doesn't have any debt at all. And so there is anxiety around being the one that has it. I understand <laughs> you know? that anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, he's with me and I have this debt. And he doesn't know the difference because he doesn't really spend a lot of money, but he also saves his money. And, uh, and he's just like, okay, well, if we're putting towards the business, then that's worthwhile. Um, and I didn't even want to go into debt for the business. Like I, I waited extra years to have cash and assets grow so that I would not go into debt for my business because I was already in debt mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, business debt is supposed to be better than personal debt, but I'm not going to be in debt and in debt again. I'm just not doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, emotionally that doesn't work for me and I don't see how it pays off anymore to be in that position. So mm -hmm. I decided to build my business credit um, through other transactions, things like your phone bills, you know, that's how they can also see how right. you pay your bills, phone bills, you know, if you have a medical bill, if you pay it, that kind of thing. Right. So I wanted to build up the business in that way mm -hmm. so the business wouldn't have that problem because the business is like your baby. Right. And so like, you don't want that for your kids. <laughs> so, Just starting off, particularly, I was like, okay, I'm going to take care of the baby. And then mommy's going to have to take better care of herself. And then I wanted to build practices that would be better for my kids. So I started off with one when we first talked and now I'm going to have another one. And we had to adjust yeah. our plan. Mm -hmm. Monkey wrench, just for you. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that was the other thing was that I just wonder what it would have been like. And I really am glad that I don't know um, if I had to juggle this and another child during a pandemic, what kind of stress would I have been in if I didn't have a plan already? Right. 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 So, I mean, you've had so many accomplishments really to recap on what you just said when we met, you had credit card debt, three mm -hmm. credit cards. Mm -hmm. You have zero credit card debt now. Okay. You're taking th that zero balance in with you month to month to month, right? So you're not accruing any more debt because you really cannot get out of debt and keep using debt. It does not work. I tried it in the beginning of my process. <laughs> it doesn't work, right? Um, that was crash number one, the big crash number one. <laughs> right. Another thing that happened was you had a lot of misconceptions around your student loans that actually built some up, some stuff up and put things in backlog. And we got not only current in all of that stuff, but we were able to negotiate and get the student loan payments paid down, you know, get the monthly payments down. Yes, and we had a very strong plan in place, even though it was evolving very quickly. <laughs> and then when you, told me in one of your sessions with me that you were pregnant again and <laughs> surprise we had to shift right again <laughs> we didn't shift to the point where you weren't able to pay off debt so all right. the bases are covered and that's the thing about personal finance like everybody's finances are different their lives are different what they're coming up against is different new additions are different. Some people have no additions and other people's, I, you're not the only client I have that's, you know, pregnant or just had a baby or whatever the case is. So right. you have to be able 
to adjust, but that doesn't mean that you put all of the goals on hold. It's like, how can we do it all? Like, and you can do it all if you yeah. have a good strategic plan. So your bills, your debt bills have decreased by more than a thousand plus dollars in the few months that we've been working together mm -hmm. through paying things off and through proper negotiate, negotiation tactics, right? Yeah. And so that's a huge relief from where oh you were gosh. before. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and then with the business, you know, you've been able to work on the business simultaneously. So you were able to build and stabilize the business in a way that is more beneficial to you as well during this time. Just by putting the time aside every week to work on your personal finances, you are able to do, to do both. And the misconception is that, especially in the first couple of years in business, like I already knew I wasn't gonna take home a check for the first 15 months, um, between 15 months to a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit exactly at 15 months. Um, so it, I had to have a lot of faith in your abilities, but honestly, the other thing that I had to do was negotiate with my husband and I had to consider what will I make in business and will it be enough? Is it reliable enough for me to say, I'm going to stick to my plan and we're going to make it work? Because if something happens in business to keep myself afloat business-wise, I had already negotiated with my husband that I would use some of the money that I had personally uh, put away to make sure the business could stay afloat. I could pay staff. I could make mm -hmm. sure that I was really stopped on all materials, um, that I didn't have to cut back on services. And so I was able to do all of those things um, and still be able to get my debt down and pay those bills and even ahead of time and you can be pregnant two months into us talking and, <laughs> mm -hmm. and still make those strides it's possible that is awesome <laughs> that is it's awesome. possible it is possible. It's a plan <laughs> the power of a plan mm -hmm. um makes such a big difference and i knew that when i was saving for the business but i didn't know and nobody else that I knew that was in business. So I'm a big proponent of interviewing people um, for anything that you haven't done before. Mm -hmm. I'm not so daunted that I won't go out for it myself. But when I go out for myself, I want to make sure I have a good, solid, emergency, strategic plan so that if all else fails, I'm still able to make it through because they say most businesses fail in the first five years. Right. And so I was like, I can't fail. Right. I can't fail at this. Because personally, I feel like we've already failed if you already got the student loan debt. I failed me. Like, I shouldn't have done that in the first place. Why did I do that? But I wanted to, and part of the reason why I do insurance in a place that I know we can talk about financial planning is because I wanted to empower other people. So another layer of this is I have interns, and specifically my job um, with another friend that we went to school with <laughs> years ago crazy in the same building um we work on a program specifically so that students are empowered um, with getting as many scholarships as possible and um, not having to go into debt for school so that they can afford 
to buy a home in their own neighborhood and mm-hmm. to be able to come back home and thrive with their families, not feeling like they have to move to another place where the cost of living is less expensive, not having to choose between um, taking on the assets that your parents have built and you know they get to a point where they say, hey, do you want to take over the family home or do you just want to sell it and be able to live your life instead of having to negotiate between these things that we're actually generationally able to build upon mm-hmm. these things. Like, a lot of other folks are able to do um, in other locations, but not necessarily urban. Right. Um, and so I'm excited to say that I had an intern for four years. He's seen me go from working in an office to um, running my own office and hiring folks that he's able to work with. I've been able to hire him and work in my office and get trained. And then also, um, he's brought on other folks to be interning here at the office and I'm able to give them financial advice. He got a full ride. He doesn't have any awesome. loans that he's going to have to pay off. He got um, free room and board mm-hmm. because at first he's like, oh, a full ride. I was like, it's more than that. What about room and board? Mm-hmm. What about materials? So we got to mm-hmm. stipend. So he's not coming out of pocket for these things. Mm-hmm. And he has the option of working with me so that he can still earn money while he's in school. Like all of these, I'm like, I would not wish this on you. This is what I see for you. And the fact that I was able to say that to him since his freshman year, and now he's sending me other folks means I'm going to you and I'm working <laughs> this out. And I've got interns that are learning the process. It's generational wealth that's being built. And it's not just in my family, it's in my community. That's what I dreamed and I needed it for me. (laughs) Because I had already kind of stepped on that landmine Mm -hmm. and I needed it for me. And I needed to be able to say that even if you mess up, you can bounce back, you know, Mm -hmm. or even if you didn't know any better before you had this issue, there's a way to overcome. Right. Um, And I love having that extra, uh, the fact that we want to work together, um, so that other students won't have this debt. And then I was able to meet you so that I can talk about what it is to bounce back from making Mm -hmm. financial missteps is like, perfect, that's complete now. You know what I mean? And then it it inspires them. And I'm just like, ah, boo, you guys, this is the face of someone who paid off their credit cards. This is what that looks like. They're like, (laughs) wow. My parents talk about credit cards and it's really hard for them and I don't know how this thing works and I'm glad you're telling me and I'm like, it should have been taught in school, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm on a podcast. Okay. Good to see you. Happy belated birthday. You're welcome. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right so one last question and then i'm gonna let you go okay okay so what is one thing that you would leave with the listeners about money changes don't discount the um reality of making money changes and how it relates to you fully accept it because at some point you have to self-care is not just about physically taking care of yourself it's about really understanding yourself. And I noticed, um, like, even when you talk about things that really mean a lot to people, a lot of times what gets in the way is money and finances. So, uh, you know, I have cousins that I'm very close to. We inherited property. 
that we didn't know we had in common. What's the issue now? Money. Who's going to pay the, the interest off the loan, off the, what do you call it, the taxes? The taxes. And what's mm -hmm. um, well, your dad is the one that did it. No, you should be paying it because my dad paid a year before money. When it comes to marriages, a lot of them end because of finances, not how you feel about each other. It's that you don't recognize that there's another player in your relationship and that other player is finances. And there's going to be emotional ties to those finances. And a lot of times they're so deep and so strong that it gets between you and the person you thought you'd love forever. Mm -hmm. So don't discount the emotional and psychological toll it can take on you. Right. And just accept it. Accepting it makes it so that you become a lot more powerful than mm -hmm. you thought you could be. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times we ignore it because we assume that we're powerless. Right. And um, you're not. It's right. just got to require like this shift. Mm -hmm. And the shift is not easy. I'm not going to be like, all you have to do is turn your head this way. And it's mm -hmm. over. Not. <laughs> it's going to take some work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's gonna take some work and you have to find a way to reward yourself, just like all self-care. Like when you exercise, sometimes you're like, I don't wanna do this. I definitely don't wanna do this. I'd rather eat ice cream. I understand that completely. It is very real. <laughs> However, when you do it, what are you gonna reward yourself with? Mm -hmm. And make sure that whatever you reward yourself with is in your best interest. Right. That's how you win. Thank you so much, Nicole. You shared a lot. I think that your moments of reflection, I think people are really going to relate to it, especially when it comes to the amount of frustration people feel around mm -hmm. their financial choices up to this point, and also the amount of fear and anxiety people feel when it comes to actually confronting their finances. But like I said, I think your story is a really good story. You've been very focused on your plan. We've worked it together. We've evolved as we needed to evolve around the plan. Um, you're welcoming another new member to the family, right? Um, and you're running a small business at the same time with a team. I mean, it's a lot to juggle, but you've made the time to really work on your personal finances. And I think that most of us in fast-paced life and fast-paced city, we prioritize the career over the finances, not knowing sometimes, and this isn't your situation, but this was definitely mine, that the only reason I was choosing those careers was because I had the amount of debt I had and I needed to pay off the debt, right? Or the debt was controlling the careers that I chose, right? Um, so I want to thank you again for sharing all of that with all the listeners and we really appreciate you. Thank you. And actually by that same token, if you think of it, like I might've made a different choice about being pregnant. You know what I mean? People will make those kind of drastic choices because of their True. finances. Um, but I didn't have to. True. That's very True. Well, thank That's you, awesome. Nicole. I'm going to let you thank go. You. Have yes, a good day. You too.